Okay. Uh, right. All set? Yeah, go. Set. Okay, Paul, thanks for joining me. Um, so, I'm sat here with Paul Webster. Um, for those of you that don't know who he is, Paul, do you want to give us a bit of a background on uh, your journey so far? Okay, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a businessman um, based in Essex. Um, got involved with non-league football club clubs uh, a couple of years ago. Started with Chelmsford City. I was on their board of directors with a non-executive position. Um, left there for reasons that um, were both positive and negative. I won't make no bones about it. But very quickly, I was snapped up by Billericay Town. They had a vision that they wanted to bring to the fore. And I think they may have seen something in me which meant that they could bring that uh, a lot quicker than if by doing it on their own. So I was installed as a chief executive officer over at Billerick, and we've done many, many great things over there, intertwining the community with the football club, bringing it together with the schools, local businesses. It was actually a joy to, to be involved in um, football at that time. Um, it meant, it meant Billericay Town being put underneath a microscope, really, which was great because it was being done by all the, for all the right reasons. Um, enjoyed my time there, but things happened in my own personal business life, which meant that I had to leave the club. Um, so I've worked, I've worked on the fringes uh, since then with Concord Rangers, Haybridge Swifts, um, giving them advice on certain things in certain areas where they can improve. Um, which I'm very, very proud to say that they've actually adopted and taken on board. Um, but now, now it's, 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 this has all brought me to a place in my life where I'm involved as a director with an institution called the Institute of Sporting Development and Wellbeing, which is looking after academy players at existing football clubs and academy of players that have been released by football clubs, and it's focusing on um, improving their mental health and wellbeing. Right. which is a very, very prominent subject in the press at the moment. Um, I think we've hit this at the right time. OK, great. OK, so, um, so going back a little bit before that, you played a bit as well. I played a little bit, yeah. So how did that go? Yeah, well, not too well. Um, I, I, I was with Leighton Orient on a YTS scheme. That was basically their academy badge back in the 80s. Um, so I played... Um, under Lake Norrance YTF scheme um, from the age of 18, uh, 16 right the way through to 18, uh, and was let go. But in those days, it was easy. It was easy, and there was a lot more other options. So I walked 200 yards down the road and, and played for um, a club called Leighton Wingate, which was a non-league team at the time. Had a successful season and a half with them, um, and ended up breaking my right tibia and fibia into 32 pieces which meant I had to have a rod in eight bolts inserted and that very quickly jumped my mind to say well, football probably isn't for you and then I, then I went out and um, slipped into different manual jobs for around about 15 to 20 years until I realised that I had a head for business mm. set up my own business and never looked back OK and so you first got involved with Chelmsford City um, so how did you that come about? How did you first get involved? Uh, well, my, my company, Tiger Business Supplies, was a, was a supplier of theirs for office supplies, paper, pens, ink, cartridges, so on and so forth. And the chairman at the time, Trevor Smith, asked my advice on a few things every now and again. And I come up with some very good ideas. 
I ended up being a sponsor over there, giving the club some money each year, which um, meant that they could um, run the club. You know what it's like in non-league football. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but from that point, okay, Trevor was very interested in some other ideas that I had, and he asked me if I'd come on board as, an, as a director at Chelsea City, which, um, in my in my ignorance I accepted <laughs> simply because I didn't know what it took to actually be involved behind the scenes a very very hard and complex um, area of football I mean when, when you're when you're dictated to by the amount of money that's in the bank and by having to top that pot up through your own means it's a very very um, hard and uh, unforgiving task mm. um, but I stuck to my guns I had some commercial ideas over there that worked with regards to getting more people through the doors um, but I left there there was a takeover going through at the time that actually really wasn't working out well and uh, the board of directors could see that it wasn't in their in their um, interest to actually carry on with that avenue so um, I chose along with uh, one or two others to resign uh, my post at that time but I must say that all my time spent with Chelsea City was very enjoyable um, being associated with that um, that block of fans was absolutely fantastic, um, and I love my time there. Great, good stuff. And so then, moving on to Billericay Town, so that's where we first met. So um, yeah. it must be about two years ago now. Yeah, it must have been. Must have been. Yeah. Um, so I guess very different set of circumstances. Um, the club was, you know, they were they were doing some great things and very much like you said under the spotlight. Mm. Um, yeah, Billericay Town was an explosion of my mind. <laughs> let's put it that way. Everything that I wanted to achieve at Chelmsford City but but couldn't through financial restraints was possible when I went over to Billericay. Like mm. Glenn Sam is a very, very forward thinking guy. Yeah. Um, he knew what he wanted to do um, and he wanted to employ someone to deliver it. But he also wanted to bring someone on board that had ideas of their own. Um, he thought that I I fit that criteria let's say and it it was a match made in heaven really I mean um, we we went from a football club that had 189 people and one dog watching a game every week yes. to I think the West Ham game we had over 6,000 people there which yeah. I think was the first game that you helped ticket for us uh, yeah, was that the first one? We did, uh, I think, non-league day, Enfield. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a couple of thousand at that. And yeah. Then some pre-season friendlies. The West Ham one, we did a good 4,000, I think, through yeah. you as, or for you as well. So, yeah. It's well, been, as I say, it was a, a very, few. very interesting time over at Billericay, simply because Glenn, from the start, wanted to run that football club as a professional football club. Mm. So, with everything that I'd learned at Chelmsford, it was... It was another two levels up. It was a two levels up with regards to the way the players were treated, the way the players were trained, the amount of staff internally that the club employed, yeah. which meant that you could do things a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently. efficiently. Um, yeah, very, very interesting time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, going into that in a bit more, so you have some really great community initiatives, some of the school visit. Yeah, we, cre doing, yeah we created a school, well, I created a schools of the community programme whereby we went into schools and delivered a message about... Um, it was all focused around well-being, um, eating properly, aspirations in life, um, the life of a footballer, what it takes to actually get to that level, the importance of an ed education. We was delivering that message mm. along with 
a few players from the club. Um, basically, the kids were coming out of the session looking up to these guys as role models. And then after that, we was getting them back to a game, giving them a stadium tour, watching the game, uh, being ball boys, ball girls. Getting them involved. Um, getting the them club. totally involved, yeah. It, was a, it, was, it really turned into a community event. Mm. That went crazy. I mean, it's like a, at one point we had five, six hundred school kids over there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, which was doing a lot of good for the way the club was seen from the out, from people from the outside looking in, mm. and also it was improving the gates as well. Yeah, because um, what we found was if we let six hundred kids in for nothing and their parents, then if ten percent of them come back because they enjoyed the experience, it was a good thing. Yeah, and of course. The- some of them are spending money whilst they're there as well. Oh, that's right, in the tea bar, at the bar, yeah. in the sweet shop, oh, on the burger the bars. Yeah, yeah. So it was a win-win-win situation. In reality, we wasn't giving anything away mm. because those people wouldn't have actually been at that game anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was a win-win situation. Okay. Um, and you started the Blue Book. That was the other one. Oh, the Blue Book, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was actually something. Yeah, that was something that I started at Chelsea City, but it's... It, it, it seemed to fit with Billericay much more because Billericay at that time, believe it or not, were getting a million hits on their website a month. Crazy. So it was my... like seventh tier of English football. Well, so what we've done was we put, a, we put a, uh, an online directory for local businesses on the front page of their website, um, which we then turned into a networking group. Uh, we had 100, 150 businesses turning up once every two weeks to do a bit of networking, this, that and the other, which created a rich pool of um, future sponsors mm. for the football club yeah. as well. But yeah, no, it was, it was a great success. I must add, though, that since I've left, all of that's fallen by the wayside, mm. which is sad to see. But um, it's a working model that we know works that probably one day I'll take to another club, who knows? Sure, OK. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so let's move on to what you're working on now. So um, I spoke with John Solarco on a previous show. Um, he was talking about you know, a lot about mindset and how you can transcend a lot as a player um, into the business world and you know, how tough it is uh, as a player. Mm. Um, and you know, like you touched on earlier, some of these issue, issues around mental health, having places to go to as a player, and it's, it's a difficult thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Let's talk a bit more about what you're working on now and, and how you're helping to address some of that. Okay, it's actually interesting. It's something that me and a few other guys have been working on now for the past six or seven months, but over the last week or so, it's become very a very current issue in the media, current and important issue in the media, mm, yeah. um, which is something that's um, been brought to awareness by um, the Duke of Cambridge. And that is the way that um, young players from the age of eight to 18 are being treated by professional football academies Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean if you look at the model as it is now these kids are sometimes being brought into a club at the age of 8 and they've been taught to live in a bubble for 10 years Mm -hmm. up to 10 years whereby they're told how to eat, drink, train when to be there when to turn up If if they're not there at a certain match or a certain training session then their place in the team is in jeopardy. So, so their little brains have been moulded in a way that, that, that's regimented. Right. That's wrong, OK? Um, and it's been recognised as wrong. 
on what adds fuel to the fire is that when they do get to the age of 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, after spending up to 10 years in this academy, doing the things the way they've been told to do it, they could be told, well, you're not at the grade no more. Mm. We don't need you anymore. Yep. And they are just abandoned, left out on the street after living in this bubble, um, which has a detrimental effect on their mental health. Yep. So in, in some cases, um, this leads into self-harming and drink and drugs issues. In the worst cases that are on record, this leads to young kids taking their life. Right. Because they've been taught to live away for the past 10 years and all of a sudden, I can't live that way anymore. I've got to find another way to live and they don't know how to do it. And so how much of that do you think is down to, the, I guess, the clubs and the people surrounding them telling them what they want to hear versus what they need to hear or well I said this on radio one the other day okay okay it's it's and I'll make no bones about it it's the total fault of the clubs right at the end of the day the issue's always been there mm-hmm. okay um, and it's the club's duty to recognize that it's been there and they haven't done that yeah so with with the ISDW the Institute of Sport and Development and Wellbeing Okay, we have recognised the way of changing that around. Okay. Okay, and we're just at the point now where we're able to deliver that to the full 92 football league clubs. Right. Okay, we've, we've created academies um, that teach both parents and children how to act and interact with each other on the subject of their child's football development. Right, so it's an education piece for the parents as much as the for kids both, as well. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, you as a child, David, who mm. did you look up to? Uh, what, as a sports person? or just No, as, as a child. Uh, as a child, my parents. Your parents. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so the way you think is moulded by the way they teach you how to think. Absolutely. Really, fundamentally. Yeah. Okay, so we've got to make the parents recognise that the way that their child, child turns out mentally and the way in which they are looked after from a well-being point of view is down to them as well. Yeah. So our option and our academies will be that we look at both of those and run them simultaneously along the same road. Right. Um, but also we've created a thing called the Safety Net Project, which we'll be delivering to football league clubs, whereby where it comes to the point that they do get rid of their um, academy um, players where they're no longer required or they haven't met the grade, mm-hmm. we then offer to take them in on a nine-month program to actually look at their mental health and well-being, yep. as well as coaching them to the same standard that they're used to with, uh, from within the academy that they've just left, and then offer that club another another look at them in nine months' time. Right. Okay. If they still don't think that they meet the criteria, then we'll take them into the ISDW Academy um, and then give them an opportunity to be looked at uh, by other scouts from other football clubs. Right, okay. So really and truly, it's um, we want to re-educate football clubs, mm. show them that there is a way to eradicate a problem, there is a way to actually school your kids without stealing their childhood in effect, mm. Um, and that's what we plan to be delivering over the next three or four months. Excellent. So where are you with all of this then? And so I look, we've been talking and I know that there's been lots of meetings and you've been getting stuff set up. And so what, what's the agenda for you for the next well, few weeks well, and months? Well, uh, on Friday as we speak, we've got a meeting with Colchester United Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a meeting with Barnsley Football Club. We're just waiting for date for that. 
Um, we've got a documentary plan with ICV Yorkshire. They want to do this. We've already had radio interviews on Radio 1. Mm. They're planning a, um, docu a radio documentary on us as well. Great. That's going to come up in the next four weeks. Brilliant. Um, so it's all happening. We're, we're just about to put a proposal into Clarence House mm -hmm. that would be put in front of the Duke of Cambridge. Um, and between you and me, we're not even advertising it yet. Yeah. Um, all these things that are happening in the media have actually just make us, made us work an extra 12 hours a day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's an exciting time to be involved. Um, we've got Jeff Brazier who's come on board with us. We've got Paul Kincheski, the ex-England international West Ham Liverpool player. He's coming on board with us. Um, John Solarco's heavily involved with us as well. Mm. So we've got the credibility there. Yeah. We've got the answer to the problem. So with regard to um, your question to me, what's the future I hold? The sky's the limit, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that's it. You're solving a problem not only for, for the clubs and helping them to do something responsible, but also as a player and by, by, take away that feeling of nowhere to go. By producing our own academies, okay, we feel that we can take the problem away at the root. Mm. So if we start tomorrow with 168-year-olds, okay, they're never going to suffer the problems yeah. that is in front of the current... 10, 12, 14, 16 year old, olds at, pro, at professional academies. Amazing, brilliant, yeah. good stuff. All right, so to wrap things up, because I know you're still really busy, you've got other meetings to get to around mm -hmm. this as well. Um, so, if people want to find you on social media, or what's the best way for people to get in touch? Okay, on, on Twitter, we're at followISDW. Okay. Um, you can get in touch with us on our website that's being constructed at the moment, which is um, isdw.co.uk. Great. Um, or just get in touch through Kaizen Ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. All I right. must say, though, before I go, yeah. you guys have done an amazing job for me for every football club that I've been to. You eradicated <laughs> a massive nightmare that I had at Billericay Town, whereby I had 1,500 people stand outside my turnstile and I didn't know how to get them into the game oh, before, that one for you. before three o'clock. <laughs> um, Kaizen ticket and come on board. The first week I had everybody inside by 10 to three, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. We'll oh, use that as a testimonial. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Paul, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dave. Good luck with everything. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate.